This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I am unwilling to give up. That I will start over from scratch as many times as it takes to get where I want to be. I want to be. You just want to make sure you will get knocked down, but just make sure you don't get knocked out knocked out so your only choice should be go focus on what you can control 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 hi everyone and welcome to the Kara golden show join me each week for inspiring conversations with some of the world's greatest leaders we'll talk with founders entrepreneurs ceos and really some of the most interesting people of our time can't wait to get started let's go let's go Hi, everyone. It's Kara Golden from The Kara Golden Show, and I'm so excited to have my next guest here. We have Abigail Cookstone. She is the co-founder and CEO of Otherland. And if you have not heard of Otherland, uh, you probably have smelled their amazing candles, hopefully, even if uh, you might not know anyone who has purchased one or you don't have one in your house. They are in Sephora. Uh, it's really the hottest thing. So I'm super, super excited to have her. Abigail and I met actually when I launched my book and she invited me to come on her Instagram, which is so nice. And then I fell in love with her candles. So they are absolutely terrific. And she launched this company at the end of 2017, uh, really focused on the art and the experience and really re- redefining affordable luxury in the candle industry with such a unique range of beautiful, beautiful, great, high-quality candles. So prior to Otherland, uh, she worked in art acquisitions for Ralph Lauren. We'll get a little bit into that and co-founded Young Folk, the Young Patrons Group of the American Folk Art Museum. So cool. And with a continued passion for entrepreneurship, she eventually enrolled in Columbia Business School to learn core business fundamentals. After that, that's when Otherland was born. So she's in New York City, and I'm so thrilled to learn more about her journey. So welcome. Thank you so much, Kara. I'm so thrilled to be here. And hello to everyone out there listening. Super, super fun. So tell for those listeners who are not familiar with Otherland, tell us a little bit more of the backstory. I mean, what differentiates Otherland from other candle brands? And what was your vision when you decided to go ahead and start the company? Yeah, so Otherland is a modern, digitally native, scented candle and home fragrance brand. We're based here in New York City, and it really evolved for me out of, I I found in my 20s, I was burning candles all the time. So uh, I come home after work, exhausted, plop down on the couch, turn on the TV, light a candle, and suddenly it becomes me time. Uh, Or in the morning when I was doing my morning meditation, maybe light a candle and really helped set an intention and kind of transform the space. So I loved this um, power of candles to 
create an energy and a mood and, and really transform your space, but very much felt like, uh, there wasn't a brand out there for me. So on one end of the spectrum, you had these luxury brands and they had beautiful, sophisticated, very fresh layered fragrances. They're so prohibitively expensive. It felt like if you could afford to buy one, I'd be like afraid to burn it. <laughs> They'd sit there on my coffee table collecting dust. Um, and on the other end, for the more affordable brands, you know, a heavy focus on these really gourmand sweet scents, like the bakery smells and so mm -hmm. forth, and kind of lackluster design. So I felt like there was this white space in the middle where it turned out that we could actually work with the exact same perfumers from the top fragrance houses as the luxury brands, but do it at a much more accessible price. So um, kind of identifying that, doing my research and talking to friends about their own candle consumption behaviors, I was really hearing a lot of people who were using them every day, burning candles every day. And it, it just inhabited this interesting part of kind of the self-care and wellness rituals. And so um, that's, you often hear it's called the, the toothbrush test of everyday use. And so that was one thing to me that really made me think, you know, this, this category there's a lot there. A candle, it's an emotional purchase. Fragrance is the strongest trigger of memory. But the brands that are out there right now are really not taking a, a modern approach. So there's something that we could could do there. So um, I seeing the white space, doing doing my research and uh, testing and and all kinds of stuff. Um, really wanted to tap into my background in art. So I studied, uh, I'm a lifelong art lover. Uh, I studied art history undergrad. Um, I, as you mentioned, my first kind of founding experience would be founding the uh, Young Patrons Group at the American Folk Art Museum called Young Folk. So yes, the focus on art. And so the big challenge was wanting to take this contemporary approach of selling scent direct to consumer online, digitally native. I felt like we needed to, we had to overcome this hurdle of selling scent online where you can't smell through the internet. And one way to do it um, would be through having this visual first, highly expressive uh, uh, you know, product appearance. How often have you thought about learning a new language only to be stopped by that memory of yours from the last time you tried to learn a language when it didn't go so well? Okay, maybe it wasn't a language that you were interested in learning, or perhaps all those poorly written textbooks in your sixth grade class weren't that well written after all. I have a great tip for you. It's called Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program around, available on desktop or app, no matter where you choose to learn it or what platform you choose to learn on, Rosetta Stone works and it truly immerses you in the language you choose to learn quicker and easier than you ever imagined to. Maybe you're getting ready to travel abroad this summer and you want to learn a bit of Portuguese, let's say, before your trip. Rosetta Stone can help. I know this firsthand as I did just this before traveling to Portugal last year. I learned Portuguese through Rosetta Stone, and by doing so, I not only got a better grasp of the spoken language of Portugal, but it got me very excited for the trip itself before I went. They even have a true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation as you are learning, too. They've got you covered. Rosetta Stone's trusted experts are the real deal. 
They've been helping people just like you for over 30 years, helping millions of people to learn Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, and my favorite, Portuguese. The lessons are five to 10 minutes long and include practical exercises so that you can pick up the language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. No English translations either, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in the language you are focused on, helping you get the long-term retention you are looking for. And who wouldn't want that? Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, the Kara Golden Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today today. In today's world, which I will admit can at times seem filled with too much of the wrong information, it's essential to find a good source that truly gets to the heart of what I want to know. I am super excited about our next sponsor as I've been a big fan of their content for some time now. That sponsor is the Washington Post. Their depth on topics from business to tech isn't just impressive, it's essential reading for me. Whether I'm catching up on the latest tech trends or understanding how the day's news truly impacts my family, the Washington Post is my trusted source. Let's talk specifics. Their business and tech coverage, absolutely top-notch. Just imagine having the most insightful articles at your fingertips, including the unparalleled AI reporting from Drew Harwell or the pulse on tech and online culture from Taylor Lorenz. And the best part? You can listen to articles just like you listen to this podcast, making it perfect for your busy lifestyle. I was just reading an article from one of my favorite Washington Post writers, Frances Stead Sellers. She covers entrepreneurs like myself, but also covers other interesting topics, including health, as well as some very interesting books. I also love getting their For You newsletter, which is their roundup of stories tailored just for my interests, right in my inbox every evening. The Washington Post app is Super well done, I think. It makes it incredibly easy to stay up to date and follow my favorite journalists on the go. And if you ever thought that the Washington Post is just about politics, think again. They cover everything under the sun, from climate and culture to crosswords and cooking, providing a world of surprising stories and vital insights. Okay, enough of the love fest that I have for the Washington Post. Here's the deal. Being a listener of The Kara Golden Show has its benefits, and this one is too good to miss. Now is the time to sign up for The Washington Post. Go to WashingtonPost.com slash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. That's 80% off their typical offer. So this is truly a steal. Once again, that's WashingtonPost.com backslash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. Through the packaging, the labeling, and and this would really translate through Instagram and digital platforms where Mm -hmm. we would primarily be connecting with 
customers. So um, a big focus on art. Um, it really helps us tap in with the cultural zeitgeist and keep up with pop culture. So we work with a different artist for each collection. So they use their their visual expressive talent to communicate the scent, the experience of the scent, the emotions of the scent. And that is, I think, a big part of our, our other land differentiation. So it's it's being digital, uh, visual forward um, using these principles of modern olfactive design. So each scent is really inspired by a memory or emotion, a, a vision, and sort of we tell those stories um, through the artwork. So it really lends itself to these complex nuanced layered sense and then uh, that we're community centric so instagram um, has been and social has been a, a huge focus for us since the beginning our first hire was someone to manage social and so wanting to create a product where we might start with an inspiration on our side but seeing how it inspires our customers how they're burning it in their homes what scent it reminds them of or any memories from their past um, so really wanting to be focused on that that yeah, consumer centric, community centric um, approach. So. I love it. That's that's so great. So let's go back uh, to where it all began. So you're mm-hmm. you were raised in Cambridge, Mass. And yeah. uh, did you always know that you wanted to eventually be an entrepreneur? I did. So I definitively did. Um, I had a lot of little businesses as a kid. Um, I had. Biscuits Incorporated, which was a dog walking business in my building. I left little flyers in the lobby and I would walk everyone's dog uh, around the building and do little agility courses. Um, I had a, a toothbrush bracelet business. I don't know if you've ever seen these where you melt toothbrushes into these colorful bangles and I sold no. them at the school fair. Oh, yes. <laughs> they, they were like the coolest thing. And you you put them in hot water and you it was very cool to have a stack of brightly colored toothbrush bangles. So all of these little things. And I, I always imagined um, I would start a company. And so I think as I got older, I was actually uh, 16 and I was walking in Boston with my mom one day downtown on Newberry Street. And there was this new store. It was the first day that they opened and it was called Rugby Ralph Lauren. And it was this brand new brand, a new concept that they were debuting in Boston had the first location. And it was so um, exciting there that day, the new concept, the energy. um, I had to get a job working there. So I started working on weekends and vacations when I was 16. And while it wasn't a startup, you know, because it's Ralph Lauren, um, it was really kind of my first exposure to a, a new company environment where. They were really looking to test so many things. Is is the price point right for their target customer, which was sort of college age students? Um, how about you know the music and the direction, and how are we getting people in the store? And sort of all of these um, questions that entrepreneurs face. They they were doing that's kind of my first chance to see all of that. So that was a pretty um, important experience for me, and and. Um, and then, of course, I, I went to college and I graduated in 2010. And you were really lucky if if you could get a job. And so I wasn't really thinking about starting my own company at that point. But I went to uh, to work at Ralph Lauren in their corporate office, which was great. And I, I've learned so much from that company. And I think about um, you know this this lifestyle brand DNA, these immersive environments, and the storytelling through the clothes and and 
the stores and so forth. So that was really big for me. I feel like Ralph Lauren, sorry to interrupt you, but uh, no, I no. feel like L- Ralph Lauren, you know, when I think about that brand over the years, it, it is yeah. really about storytelling. And I, I think that, you know, definitely he, his, the way that he's captured storytelling is just iconic. I mean, it's so interesting. Yeah. I've, I've rarely talked about this, but when I was in school in Arizona, um, Andy and Kate Spade went to school mm-hmm. with me. They were a couple of years older, but I remember Andy worked at, um, Ralph Lauren and, uh, in the Biltmore and mm-hmm. friends of mine knew him. And, uh, and years later I, I connected with him and he had said that too, that that was definitely something that when they were starting Kate Spade, it was very much those learnings from, from Ralph Lauren that kind of helped him to do what he ultimately did. So it's, uh, it's for sure. definitely a, a good place to get the training for sure. So, yeah. So Otherland was born um, to be different end of 2017. Like, what was your first candle? What did you what did you decide was going to be the scent that you were going to, you know, really go out in the world with when you started this company? Sure. Well, the first scent that I really ever created was this was back when I was in business school. So it was my final semester and I had just had my big idea for Otherland. And I was furiously researching the market, buying every candle I could get my hands on, asking everyone I knew uh, and and people I didn't know, my Uber drivers, you know, people on the street, did they buy candles? What were their favorite brands? So d- doing all of this research and I decided, you know what, I've got to get my hands dirty and learn how to make candles myself in my kitchen. So I had this little six floor walk up in the West Village, uh, 250 square feet. Uh, my boyfriend and I, who's now my fiance, and I turned it into this candle lab. So I had wax and the melt pot and all of these different fragrances. And I learned so much from that process. Uh, and the first candle, well, the first one that I that I ever made, you know, it was in, had the wrong wick. The wick was too small and it d- didn't have the right fragrance amount, but it was a tomato scent. And I ah. absolutely, tomato is one of my favorite scents. Uh, we actually just uh, did the other land version of tomato this past fall in our homestead collection called uh, Tomato Terrazzo, which is fabulous. Um, but so, yeah, one of the first uh, candles was a homemade tomato scent. Um, but from that, you know, you go through all the, the, the whole process of, of pitching and raising initial capital um, and looking to launch the company officially with all of our product design. We decided to launch with five core scents. So we call this the core collection. And so these would be year round um, seasonless favorites. So you could burn them any month of the year. And so much of our business is about those seasonal collections and those limited edition drops. The core really grounds uh, the business. And so they're their favorite scents that customers often turn back to, or they'll add one to their order while they're getting seasonal. Um, and for that, we chose, um, so five cents, the most popular is rattan, which is a sandalwood. Hmm. And we work with uh, a perfumer named Frank Vocal, who is legendary. Um, he's behind scents like Glossier U um, or La Labo. Some people know their fragrances. Um, he's 
absolutely wonderful. Um, that one's been our most most popular, but we also have Daybed, which is a floral, a Canopy, which is a fruity fig, Kindling, which is like a smoky fireplace, uh, and Chandelier, which is sort of a champagne leather scent. So um, yeah, we picked five that we thought really represented a nice range and that we could build on and play with with our seasonal drops. What did you learn about ingredients when you were really digging in? Because I feel like the one thing that I really loved about your candles above and beyond the scent was that they last, right? I think that sometimes you'll smell a candle in a store. uh, You're typically not lighting the wick and then you come home and it Mm -hmm. just doesn't really give you what you thought you were going to get. I mean, what is sort of the, the key thing that you figured out? Totally. And this is something where in those early days when I was getting my hands dirty, learning how to make the product myself, even though I knew we would work with a manufacturer eventually, just you you learn so much. And so with the ingredients, things like um, the wax, so you've got soy wax, there's uh, all different types of waxes, and they each have their own melt points. So coconut wax, which is in our wax blend, has a much lower melt point. So that means if you burn it for 15 minutes, great, you'll get a nice full melt pool. But if you're burning it for an hour, you're gonna have a lot of liquid in there. So mm-hmm. um, you have to figure out what's the right blend so that you're getting the right size uh, melt pool, which will release the fragrance in a in a normal amount of time. And also really listening to our customers. So we learned from our customers and a lot of uh, social media listening and customer outreach that uh, they're really looking for high impact scent. They wanna feel like, they're getting their money's worth, um, especially for a candle that might cost more than they're used to, to paying for. And so we decided to use the highest percentage of fragrance allowed in our wax. And the fragrance is the most expensive ingredient, but we're always optimizing for strong scent throw. And you've got, of course, the as you mentioned, the cold throw, which is with the hardened wax, like in a store, kind of at the point of purchase. Mm-hmm. And they really... Um, This was sort of maybe something less so we were thinking of when we created our formulas. But for most brands that are primarily sold in retail, they want to have super strong cold throw at the point of purchase. So you smell it and you're going to buy it. But if they haven't also optimized for the hot throw, it may be a lackluster scent experience. And so it's very much um, a science. And even things like the wick, the exact braid and weave and the thickness of the fibers uh, is optimized, actually takes uh, about um, 40 days of of testing um, to just do the wick and make sure it's the right right one with the glass and the color of the glass actually makes a difference. So there's a lot of science that goes into it um, to get the perfect burn and perfect scent throw. So interesting. So in terms of wax, if we're looking on a candle, what what would you say is the highest quality to be able to, uh, like, what do you want in a wax? Do you want soy or do you want coconut or what's what's sort of the, the one that you want? Yeah, it really depends on, I think, your your company's preferences. And this is why there's there's so much variation. And we really wanted something that's non-toxic and clean burning, um, but also, you know, holds up nicely and and having um, soy or a vegetable base, you know, you, you really have to educate yourself on all of these things. Um, palm oil is something that often uh, goes into candles and there can be a lot of um, sustainability issues there. And so 
making sure it's being sourced from the right place. Um, coconut is not the greatest, um, I think, for for fragrance throw and with that lower melt point, but it is something that's been very popular in in beauty products and um, you know in scent kind of coconut. People love that. So making sure that you're using it for the right reasons and in the right way. Um, but it's all about, you know, a company's preferences. Not not every company wants to optimize for scent strength and um, the same burning speed. So it all depends. This episode is brought to you by Gusto. The company I founded, Hint, is always looking for new talent to add to our growing business. But like all executives, I want to find the perfect candidates to have the perfect fit. Did you know the average time it takes to fill a job these days is 24 days? And the average cost of hiring a new employee is close to $4,000. That is a lot of time and money and investment for sure. So here's an alternative that can save you time and money, Gusto. Gusto is a modern HR platform that helps you onboard new talent stay organized, and make sure they have the info they need to integrate nicely in your environment. With Gusto's full-service payroll, comprehensive benefits, and built-in learning and development tools, engaging your team has never been easier, even when much of your team is still remote. And when you've got some tough decisions on your hands, Gusto has reliable data and insights that can help you make the right decisions too. Finding and keeping great employees just got easier. Join the 200,000 plus businesses using Gusto today. Head to gusto.com slash Kara and get three months free. That's three months free of Gusto free only at gusto.com slash Kara. You know what that sound means. Another sale has been made on Shopify. Shopify is an e-commerce site that allows you to launch and grow your business all from one place. With Shopify, you gain access to resources that were once reserved for big businesses. So upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell the products and directly connect with their consumers. Shopify helps you reach consumers online and on various social media platforms like Facebook, Pinterest, Instagram, TikTok, and more. Shopify store owners can also sell their products in physical locations with the Shopify POS app, and you can synchronize all your in-person and online sales. When you're running a company, tracking all your sales in one place is gold. Shopify makes it so easy to see where sales are coming from, which helps anyone refine their marketing strategy as well. Whether you're an early startup or a seven-figure business, scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility. Shopify makes that journey easier than ever. Join over 1.7 million business owners and sign up for Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash Kara, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash Kara right now. That's shopify.com slash Kara. Today's episode is sponsored by Such a Voice. Have you ever thought about how your voice sets the stage for how you are perceived? 
Okay, so you may not be looking to be a voiceover actor, but maybe, just maybe, there are a few techniques that you wouldn't mind learning. No matter what you do for a living, your voice is the thing people are making decisions about from the moment you say something. That's why paying attention to what I'm about to talk about is key. Such a voice. That's our terrific sponsor of this segment. Such a Voice provides professional voiceover training for anyone. The great people at Such a Voice will take you through professional voice technique and even coach you through preparing, recording, and producing your own voiceover demo too. But why would you need this training? Well, that's a very good question. Whether you are thinking of interviewing on a podcast or recording your audiobook or giving that keynote at next year's company offsite, Those techniques you will learn will teach you what real-world voice actors already know and help you be your very best. Visit Such a Voice slash Kara Golden, that's G-O-L-D-I-N, and receive a complimentary copy of Such a Voice's must-knows of voiceover. You will get expert tips from people who know how to have impact. Check out suchavoice.com slash Golden today to learn from the experts. I mentioned that you and I met because you invited me when I was launching my book to come on your Instagram and uh, do a, a little book talk and interview, which was so fun. And, uh, it, and since then, I've been a huge fan of what you're doing on Instagram. What advice would you give to people? Obviously, you use Instagram. You mentioned it from a social platform. I mean, you really have figured out how to get the word out about what you're doing in new sense, et cetera. And you've got community and um, you're not just focused on the products that you're doing, but also things that kind of uh, maybe apply to entrepreneurship and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, so many other things there that really you think your community will respond to. But what advice would you give to people, maybe something you didn't know going into kind of launching Instagram and and just the marketing that you're doing on there? Yeah. So I think for me, on a more like personal level, I personally wish I had focused on kind of building my content earlier. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that, of course, know that Instagram is such a, a, a powerful platform and it's been so powerful for our brand. It's been such a strong channel for us to acquire new customers and and re-engage with existing customers. But I think that um, in addition to the brand content, people really want to see the founder and meet the founder, learn more about where the brand is, is coming from. And it can be so powerful to have kind of your own personal brand built up a bit more. And, you know, just to, to get confidence in posting and what am I going to post about and how do I talk to a following and who's really listening and um, how do I share kind of the experience of of being a founder in the rest of my life. Um, And I I wish I had done that earlier. It's something that I've definitely struggled with, um, you know, on on my own Instagram account. And I think it can be a huge, huge tool for, for people who are able to do that. So that that I think is is one thing. Um, and the other thing, you know, from a brand perspective, your Instagram is really, it's kind of this like chit chat 
right? Mm-hmm. That you have with your customers. So you've got email, you know, big launch moments and so forth. But then you're kind of filling in with, with all this daily chit chat and figuring out all those different topics into the world of Otherland or your own brand where um, you can find what, what clicks with people and how to experiment there and, and create that chit chat and really build that as a skill um, can be incredible. That's awesome. So do you do a lot of promotional, like how do you get build new audiences there too? Yeah. So we do, I mean, any, any number of things. One thing that we did during the pandemic was, um, this was actually just about two years ago, my, uh, now fiance, who's my business partner, he said, I, I dare you to go on Instagram live. Uh, on the other land, Instagram live and do a fireside chat. And of course I was terrified. I, I can barely post a picture on my own Instagram account. I, I couldn't imagine going live. And it was the very beginning of, of, you know, lockdown life in New York. And it just felt like people really wanted to connect. And so I, I gave it a try and it was a lot of fun and, and figured out, you know what, now we could kind of turn this into a little bit of a of a interview show and i mm-hmm. could interview other founders and inspiring women like yourself um and learn from them and and share this with our audience and evolve that self-care and scent memory and candle conversation so we did that and and that was a huge thing it was 5 days a week for about a year and then 3 days a week and now we're doing uh, every other week but um, a great way to introduce our audience or, or other land to new audiences. Um, but you figure out, you know, whatever you can right right now, there's a big trend with, um, it's kind of oddly satisfying content that mm-hmm. is, um, you, you have this kind of physical reaction to it. It could be really cute or it's, you know, slicing lipstick or fruit or, or what have you. And the engagement on it is so high. And so, um, we're kind of creating some of our own branded content like that, but it's, it's the trends change so quickly and having a team that is able to experiment, pivot, and just continually uh, be creating this new content is huge. Um, and TikTok, of course is, is now we're trying to focus a lot there too. Um, as many people are and figure that out. That's awesome. Very, very cool. So in addition to your online D2C business, which is where you started, you landed Sephora back in in 2020, uh, the end of 2020. How did you think about branching out to retailers and why Sephora? Uh, What like what was it about that platform, you know, that retail platform that you really felt like made sense for your brand? So always looking for new avenues, I think, to reach new customers, um, especially, well, we knew that Sephora, that our customer was shopping at Sephora and she was going there frequently. So every, about every four weeks and being um, their stores are in major metropolitan cities all over the country, we really felt like that was a great place um, and, and they, that they might we'd seen with other brands give us room to really tell our brand story, which I think is important coming from direct to consumer where you have endless real estate to tell that story. You know, how do you do so with, with the right retail partner? And so it was something that we really aspired to, to, to do. And, you know, it was hard that Sephora didn't have a big candle business. Um, They had, 
kind of mostly personal uh, fr- personal fragrance brands that maybe had candles, but not really like a candle specific business. And so it took a while to to build that relationship um, to finally get that first meeting. I I think there were dozens of emails sent before that, getting that first meeting um, and then really pitching them on home fragrance being this important new category of expansion for them. Um, And I think too, maybe with the pandemic and everything, um, there was maybe more of an appetite for experimentation with new categories, but you really have to figure out when you work with one of these big retail partners, you know, what is your pitch to them and and how are you going to grow with them? Um, But there's a lot of operational infrastructure you really need to get in place before then. And it it took us a while to to get to that point for sure. Does your customer go into Sephora and shop online from you? Yes. I mean, for sure. It's, you know, it's, it's been a, a, um, a great, I think, discovery uh, way I um, totally for, agree. for customers. Yeah. And so, you know, we, we try to get as much data as we can to see the overlap and certainly anecdotally or in reviews, you'll, you'll see that. So I think it's, it's increased our traffic for sure. It's interesting when I think about Hint, I mean, we started out as a, we were in retailers and, and, right. you know, grocery primarily. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's interesting because then we went into offices like Google and Facebook, right. uh, and then we launched online. We launched on Amazon, and mm-hmm. it was when we launched on Amazon that I realized that the consumer was interested in lots of different flavors, right? Yeah. And I think this totally applies to your business as well. And I knew that every one of our retailers didn't have everything that we did, right? There were things right. that I wanted to launch online that maybe were more niche and and um or maybe I wanted to do a quick in and out, maybe they were seasonal, mm-hmm. whatever that a retailer wouldn't take or right. maybe I didn't want a retailer I I was testing something so mm-hmm. I wasn't really sure whether or not that made sense for them and so we launched drinkhint.com. And it was funny because so many people said, why are you still doing Amazon? I mean, why are you still in certain stores? Because Mm -hmm. when you think about the consumer as the one that actually is making decisions about your product, um, Mm -hmm. they don't say, oh, I'm only going to go into Sephora or I'm only going to shop from Abigail and Netherlands online. I mean, they, it just depends on what they're doing. If they're walking down the street and they go in Sephora and they happen to see a scent or happen to smell in your case, a scent that maybe they had seen online, maybe they'll buy it there to your point of discovery. Um, But then, you know, maybe there's a, there's at that point they come into your site as well and and they see other things that they might not see inside of Sephora. So I think they really do go hand in hand. It is not an either or situation. Totally. It's all about being omni-channel, being wherever your customer is, uh, being there and prominent and available to purchase. So one of the things that I typically ask our guests is to share a moment when uh Maybe there was a point in the growing where you felt like you were really challenged by something that happened. Um, It was tough to overcome. Maybe you uh, really felt like this is it. 
Um, we're going to have to shut it down. Um, this is uh, maybe you face something really, really challenging that obviously you had to overcome. Otherwise, we wouldn't be talking today. Um, but can you share a little bit more about that and what the situation was and maybe some lessons that you learned about it? Yeah. And and actually, I'll, I'll take you back really to the early days of, of Otherland and just where we were getting started. So I was finishing up my last semester at um, Columbia and trying to get Otherland off the ground, you know, secure some funding so we could get started on the business, um, you know, right as I was graduating. And what I was really not able to share with many people at the time was that um, my mom had cancer. And my mom, um, so she had ocular melanoma. She'd actually gotten diagnosed my second week of business school. So my whole kind of business school experience was going back and forth to Boston, trying to help her. And she had a really high powered job um, and she didn't want anyone to know. So I think it was really just her boss and and me and, and sort of didn't want the word getting out. And it was, you know, two years later, sort of as, as my business school was, was ending, she was not doing very well. And so it was, um, you know, I, I, I knew at the time that other entrepreneurs all the time have to go through a, you know, personal trauma and parents with cancer and, and all kinds of things, but it just felt you just have these days where it's hard enough to be an entrepreneur and I was trying to fundraise. And uh, I just remember hauling the suitcase of candles to my pitch meetings up and down the six flights of stairs with the walk up and it's July and I'm sweating and I must've had 70 meetings and everybody said no, or come back when you have a brand. It's like, I need money for a brand and um, just feeling so defeated and also kind of trying to manage um my my mom and my own self-care and just kind of everything was happening and processing um my my mother and in her condition and and that the end was going to be coming at some point fairly soon and it's so hard it's just such a profound kind of loss that you're preparing for um, my, my father also been sick for a long time too. He had Parkinson's. Um, so he was very advanced at that stage. Um, and, and luckily being an entrepreneur gave me a little bit of flexibility to be up in Boston, um, as much as I needed to. Um, but I remember days that felt really low and was just putting one foot in front of the other and saying to myself over and over, I am a founder. I can do this. I am a founder. I can do this. And you're breaking it down to just the most basic of steps forward. Um, and, and to just keep going was, was kind of the, the advice. And, and I think what, what kept me there, but that's, um, that was very, and so my, my mom, um, ended up passing away in January of 2017, and my dad passed away four months later uh, in May, and we launched the company. You know, I, I decided. Uh, well, I took a lot of time and was able to share with my investors and friends and and uh, people who could support me. Um, but I I took time that I needed to process and deal with everything and 
you know, deal with the house and the stuff wow. and all I'm of sorry. this. But, no, no, thank you. But it's um, other people go through this too. And being an entrepreneur is isolating enough um, and can be in, in so much uncertainty. And, and there are um, just to, to find your your basis of support, your advisors who you can turn to. Um, I have a therapist who I uh, have been seeing for years. I, I know I'm very fortunate there, but finding your your group of people that can support you through um, in, in those moments, um, crises big and small, um, and just knowing that that you're not alone in, in this entrepreneur experience. So true. Well, I'm sure too that your parents are both with you and so <laughs> proud of you and launching what you've launched. And, and, uh, it is true. I mean, I think, it, I think, it, you know, it's, uh, probably the hardest thing about being an entrepreneur is it's hard to explain to people everything that you're going through. I mean, you're trying to do it all initially. Right. You, um, don't have other people, right? That you're trying to yeah. make the candles, you're trying to get it out there, and then also deal with your own stuff, right? Parents, family, uh, sometimes yeah. kids. Um, yeah, and and everybody has stuff, right? Everybody has stuff. So I I think that you know clearly um, I I hand it to you because uh, because so, there's so much about your product that really is, it's just so together. Um, and I know that t- during that very challenging time, there must've been days when you were just like, how do I do this? But more than anything, exactly. waking up and, and I'm sure because you loved what you were doing and you believed that you could, yeah. right? And I think that that's, that's the other thing that I frequently say to entrepreneurs or want to be entrepreneurs is you have to find that thing that you want to be working on every day. Because when you do hit those bumps, when you do hit those challenging times, if you don't like what you're doing, it's not a job. It's, it's a passion. It's, um, you know, it's, it's definitely something that, um, you want to see happen and that you believe can happen, but, there's way easier ways to make money, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yes. Yes. It's, it's, but it's all about finding that. What is that deep, 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 unshakable conviction that you have that this company, this product needs to exist in the world and that you're move heaven and earth and climb mountains and cross rivers to make it happen. And that is the journey of entrepreneurship. I love it. That's so great. Well, it's been such a pleasure hosting you today for sure. And Otherland is such an amazing product brand. Um, I forgot to ask you, how did you come up with the name? So the name Otherland, um, our original name, we're actually still legally incorporated as this is actually Verve Labs Inc., which Mm. came from um, this phrase that actually my mother had. Uh, which was the extra verve of the added touch. So the extra verve of the added touch is all about this little bit of extra effort that you put into something to take it from good to great and elevate the everyday. So uh, the example I would often use, and this is in my earliest pitches, uh, would be if you get clementines and they come in the mesh bag or that crate, you put the clementines in a bowl. And it's not too fussy, you know, it's not Martha Stewart, but just creates this little moment of beauty. And it's all about kind of this life uh, kind of strategy that my mom had of 
finding and savoring these little moments of beauty throughout your day that kind of nourish your soul as as tiny as they may be. So our original name was Verve, and we went to trade market, and it was taken. So we had to find a new name. And um, we worked with uh, an agency who was helping us with our branding to to do it. And we really landed on... um, other other land was an option and I, I instantly knew it and I could kind of see um, all the places that a candle and the scent experience transport you. It could be a dinner party land. It could be cozy land. It could be whatever. And so I kind of loved um, that as soon as I saw it. There's also kind of this escapism to other land, but then the tension with you light a candle, you're present in the here and now. So I, I really loved that. Um, and other land, other land it was. So that's such a great story. So well, thank you again. And where can people find Otherland? Yes. So you can find Otherland at otherland.com. We're on Instagram at Otherland Co. And check us out on TikTok as well. We're also at Sephora and Nordstrom. And you can find me. I'm on Instagram at Alphagale. Amazing. Well, thank you again. And thanks everybody for listening. We are here every Monday and Wednesday and soon to add a third day. So stay tuned. Definitely subscribe to the Kara Golden Show for all these absolutely cannot miss episodes with amazing founders, CEOs, authors who share so many of their lessons about their journey and building incredible, incredible brands and companies and just overall things that will really help you. So thank you again, Abigail. And please find me on social platforms, all social platforms, including TikTok at Kara Golden. And don't forget to pick up a copy of my book, Undaunted, where I chat about building the company Hint. And uh, that's it. Thanks, everyone. Have a great rest of the week and goodbye for now. Thanks, everyone. Before we sign off, I want to talk to you about fear. People like to talk about fearless leaders, but achieving big goals isn't about fearlessness. Successful leaders recognize their fears and decide to deal with them head on in order to move forward. This is where my new book, Undaunted, comes in. This book is designed for anyone who wants to succeed in the face of fear, overcome doubts, and live a little undaunted. Order your copy today at undauntedthebook.com and learn how to look your doubts and doubters in the eye and achieve your dreams. For a limited time, you'll also receive a free case of hint water. Do you have a question for me or want to nominate an innovator to spotlight? Send me a tweet at Kara Golden and let me know. And if you like what you heard, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow along with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Kara Golden. Golden. Thanks for listening.